Looking back, there's one big lesson I wish I would have learned earlier in my life when it came to money. If only I had understood this one thing sooner, so much would have been different. What's that lesson? It's what we're chatting about in the podcast today. Welcome to the Walletwin Podcast. Each week, we take a look at a different piece of the personal finance puzzle. I'm Jonathan Texera. And I'm Amanda Texera. We're your guides on your journey to getting out of debt, building wealth, and changing the world through generosity. Here we go. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So if you joined us last week on the podcast, Uh you heard Amanda interview me about the one thing I wish I knew when I was getting started. Mm -hmm. The one thing that would have made my life a lot easier. So if you haven't heard that one, be sure to check it out. It's probably just the next earlier episode in your podcast player. So check that out. You can go to it at wallwin.com slash podcast and listen. But, but the tables this have week, turned. The turns have tabled. That's, That's right. That's what I usually would say, wasn't it? <laughs> it's my turn to put Amanda on the hot seat <laughs> and answer the questions to talk about the way things used to be and in some ways the way things could have the been. The way different. things yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to say. Yep. So, honey. Paint us a picture with your words about your past. Hmm. Okay. So we're going (laughs) to let's go back in time to, I think for a lot of people, the first time they're really handling personal finances and realizing what they know, or let's be honest, what they they don't know is when they graduate college and you get that first job. That's kind of that time for a lot of people. And for me, it looked like just um, I never really looked ahead, if that makes sense. I was just kind of living one day at a time. Mm-hmm. I was comfortable. I graduated with not very much student loan debt. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, this is that student loan debt that I did take, it wasn't even necessary. Tell me why. Uh, let's not get into all the ways. Pizza money. Nope, I never got pizza one time Can in college. Can you believe this, people? She never once ordered a pizza. I never ordered a pizza in college. That's crazy. I I just that's just not one of the things that I that yeah, I did. It's you the were polar Mr. Pizza. Opposite. If you listen to last week's episode, it was the pizza that got you into trouble. Of my college experience. 
So anyway, anyway so why did, what do you mean? You took out a student loan, but you didn't need it. I took out some student loans that I did not need because I could have easily cash flowed my tuition expenses and room and board. I forget which one. My parents paid for one. I was in charge of the other. I could have easily cash flowed it with a part-time job. Hmm. I just didn't want to get one. What? Um, and then also I could have applied for some scholarships and just didn't. You know, I just had this... I didn't really think about money. I mm. I don't know how else to describe it other than just I didn't really know what I was doing with these student loans other than like I just I wanted my time and I wanted to do the things I wanted to do in college and I didn't want to go get a part-time job. And student loans is part of the deal. Yeah. You go to college, you get a student loan. I just kind of figured that. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know anything. So it wasn't that I was trying to be smart or lazy or really anything it just that i wasn't thinking that's what was going on that was Mm -hmm. my reality Mm -hmm. i just wasn't thinking all right so you weren't thinking when you were in school you come out with some unnecessary student loans even though they're that that they're not that big but right you didn't need them in the first place right and then you're now i get my first job you have an actual paycheck coming in jonathan and i both met when we worked for an organization that we um we fundraised our income uh-huh. And if you listen to last week's episode, you know that Jonathan was rather bad at Wasn't fundraising. At that part of I was job. rather good at fundraising. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> um, I had a lot more money coming in every month than I needed. Mm-hmm. But again, I wasn't thinking. This attitude of just like, not just, I don't know how else to call it other than just like laissez faire and like money's coming in, but I was emotionally unconnected from it. Mm. I don't know if that was an intentional decision, but it, it felt like I was just living perpetual college in the sense that my eyes were kind of just lasered down in front of me in the next like week or two. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about long term stuff. I wasn't thinking about, oh, one day I might have a family. Oh, one day I might retire. Oh, one day I might want to buy a house. Oh, one day I might want to go on a vacation. Literally nothing other than here's this immediate bill in front of me. I pay it. I pay rent. I have no idea what's going on with my money. Oh, I have some? Oh, I guess I'll just start going to like Banana Republic and Vera Bradley Mm. and I'll just spend it. Okay, I was going to say, what were you doing? If you're bringing in more than you needed, what did you do with it then? Right, so I just started spending it on superfluous is that the right word? Superfluous. Superfluous items. Just stuff. Not really anything. It wasn't pizzas. But I was... Could have been pizzas. I literally got a brand new wardrobe at Banana Republic. I bought like six Vera Bradley bags that year. I <laughs> went on the Camino and I bought all this high-end sports equipment like Osprey backpacks and Chaco shoes and, mm-hmm. you know, I just... I spared no expense, but was I, if I am being honest with myself and it's kind of a hard acknowledgement, I could have had my student loans paid off within the first few months that year. Wow. But I just hung on to them because I literally was not thinking about anything outside the exact immediate gratification moment. Mm -hmm. So that's how you were then. Yes. 22-year-old Amanda. Mm-hmm. Here we are mm-hmm. now, much further into the future, much different. Certainly, there were a lot of things that happened. What's one of the first 
first things you remember happening that started to shift your thoughts about this? Yeah, I remember um, there was a, a friend of mine. She was older than me, but I really looked up to her professionally and, you know, health-wise. I mean, really everything. I just, I really respected her and the mm-hmm. kind of the way she lived her life. And if I had to boil it down to one word, it was intentionality. Hmm. She was just this incredibly intentional person. Everything she did was had a goal or a mission, not in some like intensely like militaristic way, sure. you know, not one of those, but just someone who wanted to live on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on purpose. And I remember thinking... I do nothing on purpose. <laughs> I don't I don't make my bed when I get up. My desk is a mess. I wake up 5 seconds before I have to leave for something and like fly out the door wet-haired. You know like I had all these just terrible habits from just years of not being intentional about much of anything. Mm. And I started to realize like one it j- I wasn't growing as a person. I wasn't challenging myself in literally any area of my life to be better or to grow. And really it boiled down to if you, intentionality is what helps you grow Mm -hmm. and getting and being intentional about whatever it is, learning how to garden. That's how you end up being a gardener. Yeah. And so I was just kind of floating, coasting and existing. And I bumped into this gal and saw that she was different. And it started to spark something inside of me. And I began to ask some of those difficult questions that I didn't really want to ask myself of why was I spending my money on what I was spending it on? Mm-hmm. And why don't I read books? And why am I not trying to go after a big goal in my life? Like, why am I just coasting? Mm-hmm. And I think it boiled down to a few things. Like, it just felt, one, it felt safer and less risky and you know I am one of those people that likes to do things that I know I'm good at Mm -hmm. so I don't fail sure I think a lot of people are like that yeah I mean if you if you're not going after some big hard to reach goal Mm -hmm. well then there's no way you can't right not reach I'm always winning because I'm not really doing anything (laughs) (laughs) the ultimate play it safe and what I realized ultimately was that I was waiting for someone else to give me permission to start my life. Hmm. And whether I realized it at the time or not, it was true. Money-wise, specifically, I was waiting to get married. And that What were you waiting for? What was that going to do for you or what? It was kind of like the ultimate stake in the ground of like, oh, you you get responsible with your money after you get married. Hmm. Um or you save for things. You think about retirement. These adult tasks, they're for later in life. They're for marriage. They're for down the road. Mm -hmm. And I began to realize, like, wait a minute, no. Me as a single person, I don't know what my life has in store. I might never get married. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I need to start looking at. Nobody else can give me, needs to give me permission to have a goal in my life. No one else needs to give me permission to start thinking about my retirement. No husband is going to be what gives me worth so that I am worth 
saving an emer- saving for emergencies form. I was ultimately just waiting for someone else to give me permission, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to make the decisions myself. And so I really started to have those hard conversations with my own self, mm-hmm. I guess. And to realize that nobody else was going to come in and take care of this situation for me. Nobody else was going to come in and budget for me. Nobody else was going to do these things. And so slowly yet surely, I began to pay off those loans, not as aggressively as I should have or could have. (laughs) Yeah. And then I began to save. And if you heard in the last episode, when Jonathan and I started dating and then got engaged, I freaked out when I heard about his credit card debt and I paid it all off that same day. I shouldn't have done it. I did it. But I had the bank balance available because I had started deciding to give myself permission to save. Whereas previously I had not done. (laughs) (laughs) I had not done that because again, I was just existing and waiting for somebody else to give me worth or value or permission Mm -hmm. to get going. Do you, would you say that this is a common enough experience? You think that people have, maybe especially women have when they're younger coming out of college? I would say a lot of, I mean, it's really easy in your early 20s um, to just, you're going through this radical change, right? Like you've, your whole life you were provided for and now you're shifting into providing for yourself. But a lot of things have to happen in your brain Hmm. um, to kind of register that reality. And so I do think it's really easy to get into that coasting and hey, my bank balance has $100. I get to go spend $100. And viewing everything that comes in as disposable income. Kind of like you're this perpetual college student. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there will be a wake-up call in those early 20s where you realize (laughs) college is over and there's a flat tire (laughs) and my bank balance is low. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's usually some sort of a shocker that happens to people, but I do think it's easy to stay lulled and to just view everything as disposable income without any real thought to six months, six years, or 60 years down the road until something happens to jar you Mm -hmm. to start thinking about the future. I think that is common. I do think in particular, uh, women all too often, it's just, I don't, I don't necessarily know if there's something to blame quote unquote, Mm -hmm. but we, more often than men, will wait for outside external milestones to define our path for us. Hmm. Or we're waiting on permission from others to do or be who we are created to be. Hmm. And, you know, that is something that I had to work through myself. If you're looking through, and you're speaking for yourself, as best as you can transporting your brain back over a decade. Ooh, it's been over a decade. Right? <laughs> yeah, Has it? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't feel like it that far ago. <laughs> oh my so gosh. If you can go all the way back, um, <laughs> what what would you what words would you use to describe what you as a woman would be tr- trying to be like one, like once I get married then I'm going to, you know what, I bet I'll be blank and blank and blank. What are those like qualities, those things that you'd be doing in your life? 
oh, like once I got married, I would be responsible and looking ahead Mm -hmm. and thinking about my future and figuring out money because somehow that's the marker that gives me permission to actually pay attention to it. And then whether whether or not you were doing what you like thought you should be doing or whatever, like when you were in that mindset before, like when you were single and you thought, oh, you know, when I'm married, I'll be doing these things. Right now, what I should be doing is blank. Like what were, what do you think, what were you thinking that like you should be doing as a young single woman fresh out of college with her first job? Like what are those qualities? I wasn't. I was not thinking. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's really what this comes down to mm-hmm. is that I just wasn't putting the effort in to think about what I should be doing, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah, because there's no and reason. Looking back, though, it's just like, um, I guess where I get frustrated with my own self is I wasn't meaning to be selfish, but, you know, in my early 20s as a single gal, if I felt like I was going to get married someday, why not work on myself so I'm the most whole, healthy version of myself so that if I ever am called to be married, that is the version of me going into that marriage. Mm -hmm. I was not focused on becoming the best person I could be for myself or for my future spouse. I just wasn't. And that, again, comes down to that intentionality piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this might be weird, but I'm thinking of like getting um, just like totally uh, stranded in the wilderness or <laughs> okay. maybe running away from evil mobsters or something trying to kill me. Like in the movies, you always see like people make this big leap or whatever and they jump up and then they grab onto the ledge like with their, with their fingers, with their hands and okay. then they pull themselves up. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, you need like unbelievable upper body strength. Uh huh. But I, I, where are we going? Which with this? I don't have. No. So if I'm in that situation, like I'm, I'm, You're I'm sunk. Rude. Because I didn't prepare for it. But if I'm really thinking about it, I should probably get to the gym. So that if I find myself in that situation, I'm like whatever, I'm just gonna come right up. I'm gonna be ready for it. Because you know what? It might happen in the future. Wow. That might happen. Okay. Or let me, maybe, yeah. All right. So where are we going? What's the point of that? We need to prepare. It's, it's, it's good to prepare for the future that may be before it's going, before it's for sure that it's going to be. It's good to get your house in order financially, to be cooking, to be uh, firing in all cylinders with your finances to be saving, to be getting out of debt, all those things, whatever it is where you are before you're say married right? before you make that big move. I mean, I'm sure, right. I mean, you, for you in your situation, it was, well, you know, when I get married, you know, I'll be res- more responsible and I'll be more forward thinking and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of, I'm sure that's probably pretty common for a lot of people. I'm sure there's other external markers people might be looking for. Maybe it's a new job mm-hmm. or it could be, you know, a new relationship or whatever, new stage in a relationship. It could be when I, you know, when I move, when the mm-hmm. kids get a certain age, when whatever happens. Right. 
but it doesn't have you don't have to rely on an external marker is what right. you're saying exactly and i think that yeah i just wish that if i could go back what i wish i would have known is that as soon as you are earning money you can begin making smart strategic choices with it mm-hmm. whether you're 10 years old or you're 100 Really. There's your external marker. Am I, just, do I have money? The external marker is, am I earning money? Uh-huh. And that's something I want to teach our daughters at, you know, Absolutely. age like five and a half. I, we are already teaching Josie what to do when she does earn money mm-hmm. so that her whole life she's being trained for this. So when she does make that ultimate leap into the world, it's just second nature to think, what would be strategic and smart and within the means that I have available to me right now, that's what I'm going to do and pursue with my finances mm-hmm. so that that's just their mentality. Yeah. I wish that had been given to me. I just had nothing to go off of, though. Yeah, yeah. There's no – you don't have to wait for permission. I read a book about – somewhat about this. Um, just like you don't have to – The Icarus Deception, I think it was. Oh, I don't – what's By Seth me. Godin. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to probably be able to talk about it too much because it, it was a few years ago <laughs> and I think I read it quickly. Um, but this idea, but the big takeaway that I had for it was like, oh yeah, I don't have to wait. I don't have to wait for the permission to do the thing that I'm looking to, to do. I'm, I don't have to wait for the external permission to be responsible with my money, right? to start budgeting, to start yep. living on purpose and using exactly. my money on purpose. Mm-hmm. There's no there's there's nothing you have to wait for. Nope. Just you wanting to do it, really. Right. And I think a lot of people, but they there's still this thing inside where you might be waiting. You might be waiting for that sign, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that a part of so many stories? Like I was waiting for a sign and then I saw a literal sign on the side of the road. Well, <laughs> or here whatever. comes your sign. Here comes your sign. We're going to have some real chat right now, friends. If you are listening to this and you have not yet made the decision to get intentional with your money and you're earning an income, this is your moment. I'm giving you permission. You can start saving for emergencies. You can start blitzing debt. Hey, if you're debt-free and you've got an emergency fund, you can start saving for that down payment even if your life doesn't look, quote-unquote, the way you'd want it to right now. If you're ready to buy a home, you can go for it. You don't need anything external to give you permission to do that. Maybe you're ready to start investing. Go for it. Dang. It's time to get intentional with your money. Mm -hmm. If you're earning an income, your moment is now, and I just gave you permission. You don't need it, but if you do need it, I'm giving (laughs) it to you anyway. You got it. You listed out a bunch of things. I did. Debt, savings, investing, emergencies. Yeah. I'm if I'm getting started. You can't. Or I've been started. I'm trying to figure this out. How do I figure out what to do and where to go and how all that? Exactly. So in Walletwin, we teach four financial phases and ten money milestones. Mm -hmm. This is our game plan. The paint by numbers approach to winning with your money. Now you can't do all ten things. At once. You do them step by step by step by step, just as you would mastering 
any other skill in any other area of your life, mm-hmm. right? I, I think a lot of times people come into money and they're like, I got to do six things in the next month. But we all know that when we try to multitask the pants off anything, it ends up just getting no results at all, which is why we teach this step-by-step approach. Mm-hmm. And right now, right now, we are talking about this in our WalletWin workshop. We do it once a year. Go to WalletWinWorkshop.com. And we have, it's a three-part workshop where we talk about getting a quick boost of $1,000 and under a month, mm-hmm. how to pay off debt quickly in a way that actually works with your brain and gets you results. And then the, the final training that we offer is going over these 10 money milestones and what that step-by-step blueprint is for transforming your finances. And so if you look at this blueprint, You'll be able to ask yourself a couple questions and identify exactly where you are on the journey. And the next best step for you will be obvious. You'll be able to determine where you are and where that next step is. Bada bing, bada boom, easy peasy. As Jonathan likes to say, lemon squeezy. Lemon squeezy. Josie's been saying that a lot She's lately. She's been saying it a lot. <laughs> but, and so if you're listening to this podcast somewhat close to when it comes out, it, it, this is being published on the 25th of August. So the workshop started yesterday on the 24th. Mm-hmm. So you're right on time. You can come on in, come along with us. We're, we're the, there's a couple different workshop, parts of the workshop that are coming out every, I think every other day. We've got live Q&A sessions, all sorts of things going on during the workshop. So come on over to WalletWinWorkshop.com. And grab your seat. You can type that right into any browser. You can swipe up or over or wherever it is where your podcast player is showing you the show notes. And you can click the link to go to walletwinworkshop.com and grab your spot in the workshop. So go over to walletwinworkshop.com and grab your seat. We'll see you at the workshop. Bye for now. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Wallowin program at wallowin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week.